Hello everybody, this is Neil here for Windshield Time. The only show that I can think of that gets recorded while people are actually actively commuting. Commute about an hour each day to and from Nashville, Tennessee. So I figured, what else could I do with my time either other than just calling people I haven't spoke to a while and explain to them that everything's alright and I don't need money. Uh, it's really weird when you actually call people that you haven't spoke to in like six months and they, if they do pick up, they, uh, their response always to make sure everything's all right. It's hard for people to believe that you'd actually call just to shoot the shit. Uh, I grew up in uh, a small town and I just used to everybody just stopping by the house to hang out with my mom or dad. Later I figured out that my dad was actually just selling weed most of the time, but there's still a lot of good friends that just stop by unannounced and that's kind of what I try to do every day try to call somebody one way or the other so uh, my full-time gig is a uh, I sell beer for a living so uh, with that I eat in about five to seven different restaurants a week for either breakfast or lunch or whatever and uh, there was one point in time when I would actually be on the road and I would eat probably like 20 different restaurants a week you know breakfast lunch dinner so on and so forth and there was always a commonality I always found that when people would go uh, the closer I got to the coast or the water and you go into a place that you know you figure you're close to the water you would like maybe shrimp or something that came out of the water that's close by but the commonality was when you'd ask staff like hey what's good here They're like man we make a really good burger you should try our burger and it always was kind of funny to me that I, you know, I guess if I go to Kansas City, some landlocked town, and ask what's good there, they're going to tell me they're oysters or seafood. But I, guess, I suppose you just get tired of eating the same thing time and time again when you live on the coast. It's just like commonplace, I suppose, if you grow up with uh, shrimp around or oysters or whatever. But I did find a, 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 a there's like a common, like you go to the same Mexican restaurant that's found in any town USA and you, you don't really need to look at the menu because they all have like you can guarantee they're gonna have like a Speedy Gonzales uh, you know enchilada supremus the taco salad with the taco shell bowl uh, which is just a deep-fried flour tortilla uh, everyone will have the same thing there may be a couple extra things and I've always wondered who the people that order the whole fish they always have the a picture of a whole fish with a head on that they serve as an entree at every Mexican restaurant I always wondered who was the person that ordered those I've never ordered it I thought about it but I never have but I'm guessing it's not like caught within the last day or so but um, I found a commonality going to restaurants too that as well as the Mexican restaurants having the same pretty much same menu across the board most sports bars, or I'm using air quotes, just like neighborhood pubs, have the same menu. You got your beer battered onion rings, you got your, your wings, your chicken wings, that everybody's like, oh, we have really good wings. And I'm like, do you make your own sauce? Well, no. Do you catch your own chickens? Well, no, I'm still trying to determine what makes your wings special. They're, saying, they're dumped out of the same bag that everybody does. It's the same way with everybody. We make a really good burger, and it's just like, okay, do you grind your own meat and do your own blend? Well, no. Okay, then you're just cleverly dumping it out of a, a package onto the grill and trying to make it seem like it's special. No offense, the worst burger I ever had was still pretty good. But 
you find that you have the same you know the same sandwiches the same it's the same commonality 90 percent of the menu any pub you go to you may find one every once in a while there's like really good fish and chips but you're rarely ever gonna you know fish and chips is a good one find anybody that batters their own is really good there's two places here in nashville that do really good uh chicken strips i never eat chicken strips because i'm not eight years old but uh sam's sports bar in nashville has really good chicken strip batter and i don't even know if they know that it's that good it just happens to be really good uh so the usual fallback when i go to a bar or restaurant and it's the same generic sports bar menu that everybody has like the usual fail safe that i know is going to be average or decent it's usually just like naked wings wings with no sauce or anything on them and then any sauce that they recommend on the side because then you can pick and choose whether it's worth the shit or not and then those are always served with of course with the carrots and with celery and then you can always get a always get like a cob salad or a house salad that just got a bunch of random stuff just thrown on it so that's usually my go-to when i go to a bar and yesterday I was eating at a, a establishment here in Nashville and I had something happen that I've never had happen before. I actually, uh, I went into this place and was talking to the bartender and decided to have lunch. And there was literally only 400, four, 400, there was literally only like three other people in the place. It was four total people, a two top, me, and then a girl in town from uh, Maryland, about 10 bar stools away. So I order my usual fallback, naked wings, whatever magical sauce you have on the side, uh, because we make our own barbecue sauce. Okay, I can't tell the difference between a really good or bad barbecue sauce. That's just sticky, sweet barbecue sauce to me. Uh, and then my normal random salad. And I was needing to be somewhere in 45 minutes, so I'm like, ah, oh, this would be simple for him. About an hour later, finally get my salad, and I'd already gotten my wings, and I started in on my wings, which were you can't really screw up wings. You can't really overcook them or undercook them. They're dark meat chicken, so it's always a good fallback. I don't trust people that don't eat dark meat chicken because, like, why are you, why'd you even get out of bed this morning? Beat it with your dry white meat. No one cares. So I got my normal wings and the sauce on the side. Usually could feel healthy by plowing into the celery and the, the fresh carrots. Make yourself feel healthy. But it's the first time in eating of 10 years of eating at an average of probably five, seven, maybe 10 restaurants a week. I've ever got bad carrots. And it, it just made me like, how do you, like, how do you make fresh cut carrots bad? Cause like, there's a certain level of commonality between any fresh carrot, but I don't know whether they just stored them next to raw sewage or they just been back there forever or they were a little bit wet i imagine there's some magical watery liquid that they store them in or maybe in a bag or a jar and people just been sticking their dirty fingers and other stuff and then in this liquid they never changed it out i don't know but it's a first i've only spit out maybe 10 bites of food my whole life as an adult and i took a bite of this carrot yesterday and it was one of those ones it was just like this is like cold, wet garbage in my mouth. And I had to spit it out indiscriminately without anyone noticing. But it's the first time it ever happened to me that I had like a bad carrot. I mean, the wings are all right. I mean, it's, it's still a wing. I'm still, I'm still a Hooters wing guy. I'm not a Hooters 
person, but the Hooters wings are still pretty solid for the most part. They do do one. No, wait, I mean, I don't go there for the conversation by any means, but the, uh, the wings are still pretty solid at Hooters. I get naked wings, all flappers at Hooters with um, Three Mile and Ranch on the side. Sorry, Joey Diaz. He says either blue cheese or not. I'm a ranch person. Uh, which, coincidentally, there is an actual place. There is an actual Hidden Valley Ranch. That is a true story where ranch was invented. Some dude owned a uh, owned the Hidden Valley Ranch where people would come and stay and somehow came up with a recipe for ranch, which boggles my mind that you don't register that or trademark it or something. Because, like, the Big Pen Company owns the rights to the word koozie. No one else can use the word koozie in advertising. Or anything unless it is one of the official koozies from the big pen company so it amazes me how ranch has permeated the world and that dude didn't didn't register it or trademark it or maybe hidden valley ranch is what he trademarked and he should have just went with ranch because hidden valley ranch is a bit wordy i suppose so well rolling on into nashville that's about all i got hope everybody has a good friday uh, again, this is the windshield show. Just because it's all going to be recorded while staring through a windshield. A lot of times it will just be observations I notice while commuting. The fact that 90% of people... If you see somebody driving erratic during the daytime, or like bouncing between the lines, chances are they're on their phone. I usually just pull up next to them and just stare all awkwardly just so they'll wonder why I'm staring at them. And they're having no mind that they had their phone just on full brightness right in front of their face, you know, while they're driving. Oh, this dude in front of me has a sign and a sticker on his back glass that says caffeine and caffeine and kilos. I'm guessing he really likes uppers. Is that what that's about? Is the kilos, is that kind of like because he lifts? Does anybody know what caffeine and kilos is? I got nothing. But the sticker on the back glass takes up about six square inches in the middle of the back glass. So in essence, it looks like a tramp stamp on the, on the back glass, but a small one. Like a small butterfly, like he wanted to get a butterfly, but he's like, I just want a small one. Uh, yeah, that was good. I have no idea what caffeine in kilos is. And then now I'm behind a liquor truck that is advertising Sky Vodka that says it's a award-winning quality, 94 points while whining through his enthusiast magazine in 2011. Dude, that was seven years ago. Legal drinking age people now were 14. No one gives a shit, no offense. And who are people that just drink vodka by itself? Who are these weirdos? Do you still want to drink nothing? Why don't you just drink rubbing alcohol and like skip the middleman? You can buy that shit cheap, Walgreens, man. That's all I'm saying. They even have different proofs of it, so. Well, that's all I got. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Neil signing off from the windshield show. Rolling into the weekend. I think we're about 12 minutes deep into this. If you like what you're listening to, you can send a message through Anchor or uh, just send it through any of the comments or ratings on iTunes or Stitcher or any of those. This fancy Anchor app just pushes it out to everybody, which just makes it so painless. So... That's all I got. Everybody have a good weekend. Windshield time.
it's been a minute. We had kid number three, little baby Arlo. I haven't been had a chance to, uh, took a couple weeks off for that. I guess we're going on about a month since our last episode of us pulling into the hospital. I'm sure everybody's finally starting to feel the fall temperatures. I'm just trying to run down every single list of things that every morning DJ I listen to in the mornings is mentioning right now. Something about baseball season or something. I got nothing. I was sitting here uh, thinking about, like, in Nashville, we have the Christian radio station that has two dial numbers that are, like, five numbers apart from each other. So when you hear one of them and the awful music, you skip to the next one, which is the exact same station. And I wonder if they did that just so, like, ah, you sure you don't want to listen to this? Are you sure? 100% sure you don't want to listen to the garbage you were listening to before. It would just be annoying if all the big radio stations did that too. You had to like scan three or four times. But I may just be the old guy that's just scanning radio stations. I don't have like, I have one preset. It's the uh, WMOT uh, Roots Radio in Murfreesboro. Cause that's, it's like that W, if you ever listen to it or that WWOZ out of, uh, out of New Orleans. They're the only two stations I've ever listened to. Like, regardless of what day or time you turn them on, you can um, you can hear. There's going to be great music. You probably won't, like, know ever. I mean, rarely will you ever know who some of them are. They don't have the occasional John Mayer or uh, Dave Matthews rotation like most, air quotes, independent radio stations do. But they always just have a bunch of random shit that, you know, you're, you're going to enjoy one way or the other. But, yeah. So, yeah, that's what we got going on rolling into Nashville right now interesting time to be rolling into Nashville it always is we were um, there's a town right past us on uh, on interstate and it's the next train stop down from us also called Watertown and uh, there's a building for sale downtown Watertown where you can just like buy a part there's like retail on the front and then uh, it's a mullet a building it's retail on the front and uh, you can live in the back of it. It's like 1,700 square feet right off the train stop we were looking at this morning. And uh, it just occurred to me, it's like you can buy into like the downtown area and everything, but it's just going to be like you and eight other people and some random stray dogs. Like most towns that are growing in around Nashville these days, like half the people there are like new people like us that move in. They just want to have cool shit, and the other half are people that are just like, no, we don't want it to change. Well, what about better restaurants? Yes, we would love to have better restaurants, but we don't want more people. But they can never understand the dynamic of what it takes to have more people and sustain uh, better restaurants for the most part. Yeah. Uh, don't know what else really have to talk about today. Uh, other than that, kids growing well. The youngest one is healthy. He's doing well. Baby Arlo, he's, he's growing been weird though because our two older kids the older daughter that's almost four and our son's almost two the two older one you would think the daughter would be the most doting and and caring one of all of them not that she doesn't care but it's like the two-year-old now is the one that just wants to hug and kiss and be all over his little brother which i'm sure that's going to change whenever his brother throws the first baseball at his face you know that's the way it usually goes that's all I can think about is just like how much thing the, the few things that I do own, how valuable are they? Are they? 
that one of these two little shits is probably going to end up breaking inadvertently. Or something you just cherish and prize that, you know, prize possession that you just cherish, you've saved for years of the few things I do have and uh, it's just there. I, I know that because my mom only has one of her high school annuals from 1974 from the Ozark Hillbillies and um, my mom actually didn't graduate. She went and got her GED. But I, I, I very vividly remember my older sister that's four years older than me taking a purple marker and going through the whole annual and either drawing glasses, boobs, or dicks on almost every person in there with a purple marker. She probably did not. She did today, but I remember she did it. And that's the only thing. That's the only that, that that's the only thing my mom has of her high school remembrance, other than a bunch of shitheads she went to school with, was this annual from 1974 that's now what 44 years old. That has her has nothing but purple highlighter glasses, boobs, and dicks drawn all over everybody in the whole annual from her child, which probably doesn't even remember when she did it. She probably did it like 25, 30 years ago, but that's what kids do. I remember listening to an interview with Sturgill Simpson, and he was talking about he bought property that had some caves on it with Indian drawings, and that's all. He just had this feeling of dread of how he could just keep his two sons away from going and just you know, defacing them or drawing dicks on them or whatever because kids just don't have a overall depth. That's probably that's probably why we don't really find any more drawings of of like older shit is because there's been just kids or teenagers that are just they just don't even think about it, you know, just go and just do dumb shit because you can because you always want to do it differently than the person before you. For the most part, I remember we were um laying asphalt one time in this driveway and this about five driveways down from us this souped up Chevy Nova pulled out with loud ass pipes and just like peeled out all the way down the street and went down into the street and spun a donut real quick and came hauling ass back up the street and my grandpa's like god goddamn teenagers just running everything and then the guy just pulled up next to us and he was about 55 years old driving in it's either that or just somebody wishing they were a teenager. Pretty good for the most part. But I guess that's about all I got. A little bit more windshield time today. To try to count how many people are always texting on their phones. Or just, you can always tell. Like at night you give somebody, it's either you got a 50-50 of whether they're drunk or whether they're on their phone. But in the mornings it's... It's always somebody on their phone with some bullshit ping-ponging between the yellow and the white line looking at something. I just want to know what, what exactly are, it is that they're looking at. Well, that lady's being careful. Both hands on the steering wheel. But, yeah. Finally starting to be fall season. Starting to get a little bit cooler, finally. Which is good for most people. Unless you and your wife own a bar that all the, uh, all the, all the space where people drink and eat is outdoors. That's, that's usually not the best when it's getting cooler but it's a weird thing like we want to put a fire pit out at the bar but it's a weird thing of you, it's like how many idiots do you know you just got a plan for people falling into a fire it just makes you wonder like what other things in life are you concerned about just every day of just fucking stupid people falling into a fire that had to have been like 
back in the day, that's why how that had to be like in the in the how people. That's how they weeded out all the dumb people. Like way back, I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of years ago. It had to be like the dumb people. They just got everybody liquored up or on some mushrooms or peyote or something, and got around like a big ass fire in the village or whatever. And they're just like, you know, when somebody would just fall in the fire, they just look at each other like, Meh. well, good news is, probably didn't want to go hunting with that guy if he can't keep his shit together and not fall into a fire. But here we are a few thousand years later. You know, we got to we gotta nerf everything so somebody doesn't fall face first into a fire. Which, in reality, you can get out pretty quick. It's not like a house fire. You're kind of trapped in there. I mean, I've never personally fell in a fire, but I, I imagine you can get burnt really quick. But just my two cents. But, well, rolling on into Nashville. 15 years of Yazoo party this weekend. And our buddy Adam Jones is playing uh, with his Tom Petty tribute. Which I just read yesterday that Tom Petty, the, the his partner and the leader of the Heartbreakers, is now the newest member of Fleetwood Mac. Which has got to be a pretty sweet gig. for Especially if you're like Fleetwood Mac... It's like, you just can't... To be able to call somebody that's already been playing to stadiums and shit like that, it's like, how many people as Fleetwood Mac can you call to step in at Lindsey Buckingham's position, his role as a guitarist that, that just wouldn't shit their pants? One, of being on stage with Fleetwood Mac, but two, playing to audiences that pay, what, an average of $1,000 a ticket to come see them? I mean... Lindsey Buckingham is suing Fleetwood Mac for his share of this upcoming tour that would be $12 million. Like, holy shit. His cut would be $12 million? So let's just take into consideration the other five members of the band at $12 million apiece. So each are going to net $12 million. That's $72 million. So this guy's being a member of the band. You hop in to a band, to a gig, that you're gonna be on tour for a year, and they're like, yeah, you're gonna, you'll probably net about 12 million out of it. Play, playing, you know, just say he's gonna do, you know, shit, what are we doing, five gigs, one or two a week, because they're old. They're not gonna be, they're not gonna be burning up the road. They're not playing 300 dates. They're probably paying like 65, 70. Somebody had to put off like hip surgery, because apparently that's what Tom Petty's deal was. His hip was hurting him real bad, but he kept pushing on. And they're like, well, why didn't somebody step in and, you know, make him take a relief and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, pushing his 70s. You ever tried to tell a 70-year-old man what he should or shouldn't be doing? Prime example, the president. It's not that he's, yes, he is a weird asshole, but he's a 70-year-old man. There's not a lot of 70-year-old men that you'll ever talk to that'll look you in the eye and go like, you know what I learned today? I mean, the only time they'll ever say that if it's like their their usual Fox News or what Rush Limbaugh told them. But you never like walk. You never run into like a seventy year old man that's just like you know, man. I I was reading. I was listening to the Neil deGrasse Tyson Star Talk podcast, and it just blew my mind what I found out about the universe. I just wonder what that. What is that age when when people just stop giving a shit about learning? I mean, I guess Stephen Hawking. You know, there's rare exceptions, but. Maybe I'm stereotyping that most people, when they get to a certain age, they just don't give a shit. I mean, because, like, my mom, 
used to be like, I remember growing up, man, we had Time Magazine, Rolling Stone, Newsweek. I mean, everything you could think of. We had, I mean, we had five or six different magazine subscriptions coming to our house. Plus, my mom always had a book. I mean, just burning through books. And then just one day, I, I noticed that she really just doesn't read that much anymore. And then it just, uh, it just, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I, and it's not just her. It's a lot of people. When is the point when you just become disenfranchised with new information? You're like, I figured it all out. I got all this shit figured out. I don't know. I hope I, hope I never get to that point. I wonder if I can, what, what fail safes can you remind yourself? You just get like a hand tattoo of keep learning new shit, but that really doesn't play out because then you get old and you can't really read your tattoo and then you need glasses and then you're, you're, then you're just the guy that's just holding the tattoo away from his face like people that can't see well do with books and shit and then that would just be weird and then it gets all mushed together yeah I don't I guess you could just be like memento the movie memento where he just tattoos shit around himself just a encouraging things but that's not that good of an idea because I got tattoos I've kind of outgrown and uh, now I'm just a I'm just a uh, I'm just a 40 year old man that's got a tattoo of a sacred heart even though he's not religious at all or a guy that's got tattoos of hops and grapes on his arms, even though he doesn't drink anymore. I guess that'd be a funny joke for my kids. I guess, I guess that's what I can start doing is getting tattoos that will make my kids laugh, and for us, for them to like shit talk me to my face, so it'll always be a conversation starter. So like, if we have a tough conversation, I can just have a dumbass tattoo on my chest, and we can, we can, a tough conversation. We can just have this conversation without my shirt off so the kid just can't take me serious. I don't know. What would that be? Would it be like, what would it be? Would it be like Ronald McDonald on like one one breast on my chest and like like the, uh, like the Burger King mascot on the other one? I mean, what would it be that like 10, 15 years down the road, my kids would just be like, that's the dumbest shit. That's the dumbest tattoo. At least I could go into it with eyes wide open that that I that I knew it was a dumbass tattoo. Like I went to high school, uh, when I was in high school, I knew a dude that uh, that got the this back in the day for everybody. Well, anybody probably even list this remembers. But Seven Up had a series of commercials where they had a mascot that was the spot. It was just a red spot off of Seven Up, and he wore glasses, and he was just a cool guy. I know a dude that had I knew a dude that had that tattooed on his leg. It was a fucking seven up spot tattooed on his leg. And I would love to know if this dude has ever got it covered up because I would give like mad props if he never got it covered up. I guess it's, there's somebody that's gotta have like the, the Domino's Pizza Noid tattooed to their leg. Or Marvin Martian. That that's good. I've seen a Marvin Martian before. I thought about getting Mickey Mouse's head tattooed on me and that was when I was like 18 years old I thought about that. That was stupid. I'd never even been to Disney at that point. What was the point? I just thought Mickey Mouse was cool because I got like a tux on a cummerbund and a vest or some shit one time. It was Mickey Mouse print all over it. Which is just funny to me now. I think about it. I'm not anti-Mickey. I'm a fan of Mickey, but not enough to get a tattoo. Maybe, maybe the Mickey Mouse, it would, it's just a timeless classic piece of art. You can keep that, but just wonder what tattoos would you get to where your your kids would you get you know going in that it's just like like stupid. 
you know and people get them these days of just not thinking about it but for me it would just be an open-ended joke that would just need 10 you know 10 15 years to pay off that it would just be amusing to me you know I would hope I mean I wonder if there's anybody that has like the Papa John's logo that has the dude the the uh, the founder Papa John on it that logo because there's got to be a, I bet you I could Google it now and find a Colonel Sanders tattoo I'm not sure I I could see Colonel Sanders because we are actually going to name our kid Harlan if he was born on Colonel Sanders Sanders birthday just so we could get that scholarship money KFC was offering up, offering up but there's got to yeah somebody's definitely got the KFC logo the old school one not the new that somebody has the Kentucky Fried Chicken logo I doubt anybody has the KFC logo because that's just silly but I imagine the, the Kentucky Fried Chicken I have this thing about uh like I noticed the other day that Taco Bell is is uh, rebranding some of their restaurants to an even more updated to make it look like Chipotle, which is funny because last I heard Chipotle was giving people the shits or food poisoning every six weeks, but apparently everybody wants to be like them. Chipotle is like that, like that, uh, that friend of yours. Every time you go out to a bar and you first meet him, like the first three times you go out to, about every third to fifth time they get in a fight or just throw up on themselves. But you're like, ah, we'll give it another shot. That's Chipotle in the food world. So apparently Taco Bell wants to be like them uh, with their decor. But I had this weird thing for years that the places that didn't update their Taco Bell sign and had the OG original Taco Bell sign were more likely to get me to pull into them. But it was a weird thing because I only, I would never order anything like a gordita or chalupa. I would only order shit that was on the menu when I first was going to Taco Bell as a teenager. We didn't have a Taco Bell within 60 miles of where I grew up till I was like a junior in high school. My buddy Nate worked there. I worked across the street at a generic place called The Junction because it was a junction of two roads, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would only be able to get, like with the old original Taco Bell sign, I would only be able to order exactly what was on it. Like, and when did they do away with a cinnamon twist? Which, in essence, just pork rinds, I think. Just pork rinds, unflavored pork rinds with cinnamon and shit on sugar on them. And Choco Tacos. I never knew anybody ordered a Choco Taco, but they always had Choco Tacos behind the counter at Taco Bell in that little cooler. I don't think I've ever eaten a Choco Taco because I like tacos and I like chocolate, but I never thought that I needed to mix chocolate in a taco. Because I have a hard enough time keeping a crunchy taco without turning into a disaster. Crunchy tacos, when you start eating them, is in essence, is like someone put a firecracker in the other end of it by the time you get there. When I used to uh, get Taco Bell and was hammered on my way home, they used to live on the other side of, over by Vanderbilt in Nashville. And coming from downtown, there was a Taco Bell. I'd pay the cab driver 20 extra bucks to take me through the drive-thru at Taco Bell. Because at like 3 a.m., there was a line was around the block. And, you know, you got to pay them for their time. I'd get like $30 worth of Taco Bell, man. And I'd eat about half of it before I passed out. But you wake up the next day, if you got soft tacos, man, it looked like somebody broke into your house and thought you had all your money and valuables stashed inside tacos. That shit was everywhere. You'd find shredded lettuce and pieces of tomato all over the place. And the weird part about the tomato, you find it like three weeks later and it still looked just like it did the night before. So I don't think they were real tomatoes, but they were just a disaster. But Taco Bell is the only restaurant you ever can go to that, for some odd reason, they figured out how to make 
they figured out how to make food that has to be consumed within 30 minutes of them making it. It's the only food I've ever seen that, like, after 30 minutes, it's garbage. Argument could be made as garbage to start with, but it's garbage after 30 minutes, and you can't heat Taco Bell up for shit. I'm a cold pizza guy because I can never get pizza heated back up properly, and I'm fine with it cold. I honestly think fried chicken, most fried chicken and pizza is actually better cold. But Taco Bell, you wake up the next day with $40 worth of Taco Bell. You ain't heating shit up. The tortillas are already a disastrous, soggy mess. Your, your soft taco or your hard shell tacos are all soft. And what, what, well, how is that, how's that work? So the things that are supposed to stay soft, like soft, get hard when they get stale. And the things that are hard are supposed to get soft. How, what, what's going on here? Like, your, 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 you know, your things that, like your, your taco shells, you know, they get a little bit more stale, or like the, the tortillas get hard. It's the weirdest thing, man. It's science, I imagine, but it's just that weird conundrum. Any hoozle, rolling into my first meeting of the day. I hope everybody has a great thirsty Thursday, because I'm sure there's a classic rock station that's giving away some wings and pitchers of beer right now. Oh shit, what is that? I just, oh no. I just, you ever have those smells that remind you of like your youth? I just drove by some place that smelled like mothballs. Smell like your old relative's house that you hope to goodness they don't leave you anything out of because then you're gonna have to smell that while cleaning it out. And we're, are moths still that big of a deal? I've never had a problem with moths getting into my shit. Now mosquitoes, why don't we have mosquito balls? Just throwing that out there. I'd buy mosquito balls all day long. Forget your mothballs. I bought those once. I still haven't opened them because they smell like old people. Has nobody figured out a way to make mothballs not smell like mothballs? Anyway, that's all I got. This is Neil from Windshield Time. The only show recorded behind the windshield on the way on my commute back and forth to and fro Nashville. Hope everybody has a good Thursday. That's all I got. Let's see, there we go. Windshield time again. Sorry, it's been a minute. It's taking me a minute. Oh, put on my seatbelt. I got that. This is real shit, folks. There we go. The struggle's real. Uh, welcome back to windshield time. It's been a minute. So I had a chance to sit down and catch up, but. And again, if you don't really have anything to talk about, there's no point in just rambling with dumb shit. But we had a ridiculous weekend this weekend, wife and the family. We decided to get up on Saturday and head up to uh, go head out and hit some estate sales. And uh, it's, it's quite pretty interesting to go to estate sales anymore because you see all this stuff that like older people have been collecting their whole lives that now everything has changed so much that people don't want most of it like china like i even talked to a lady to, uh this weekend at a state sale she's like yeah we can't give like china or glassware or stuff like that away and i'm like yeah because none of us want to deal with it i mean literally we have like six plates at our house maybe paper plates it, paper plates is what we use like most people uh but i mean it's like no one has an extensive like two or three sets of china and dishware I feel bad because these people have been saving this stuff for years, thinking it's actually going to be worth something. Meanwhile, I just walked by and like, nope, not going to deal with it. So we went to this uh, 
estate sale in Gallatin, Tennessee. And there was this guy, they were auctioning off his house. And we got there on like day three. And there was still a ton of stuff there. So I can't imagine what it was like in day one and day two. Um, so I think hoarders is, a, is an older person's thing. I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think very many millennials are, are hoarders. But I may be wrong on that. Uh, so we get to this guy's house. And his last name was Maddox. I can't remember his first name. But he was like the premier ragtime pianist. I say was, he's still alive. He just has Alzheimer's in the last couple of years. He's just diminished in capacity. But he has his house that's over, like close to 200 years old, right off the square in Gallatin. And he was living in the back, like kitchen and bathroom and then a spare bedroom in the back of it. And the rest of the house is pretty all right size. But as we went in and we're walking around and we're walking up the stairs, there's some, there's a kid on the stairs halfway up. He's pointing to the stair and he goes, look, you can see the blood, these little spots, this is blood. And I'm like, and me just like smart ass going, did you have it tested? Cause I just thought it, it could be paint. So therefore he could just be full of shit. And I, I think daily about this dumb stuff that I thought as a child or I thought was true or so on and so forth. So it's not, I'm not like this particular kid. I just think about myself and how dumb some of the things I believed was. But as we start roaming around the house, we run into a couple, uh, an older duder that helped organize all the stuff. And he's like, yeah, man, we hung all these pictures up and organized all this stuff. It was just piled all over the place. But like I assumed, but got to talking to him and he said that this house, it in fact was blood. This house was um, used as a civil war hospital. And that apparently when they built houses back then, there was not a lot of varnishing or uh, you know, putting coatings on wood. It was just raw wood. Uh, so when they, this was a, a Confederate, or this was a, a, a Civil War hospital, they actually, uh, you know, blood had gotten on the floors, but they'd sanded it off and then varnished over them. But apparently the blood was so permeated into the wood, it just keeps showing back up. So there was like blood droplets here and there. And then in one room, there was a, probably about a six inch by two foot peat, uh, blood pool in under that was in in the wood underneath the floor on the floor in the downstairs where they had they had set um i guess they were they had used it for triage or something i don't know but it was very interesting in this house because we um we looked around at all because dude he just had a ton of stuff i mean a ton of stuff like pictures and newspaper clippings and just i mean stuff that just ran the gamut and i guess i get it from my mother i'm really hardcore by like old books or old newspapers and stuff like that just because i mean just the timeless aspect of it so i'd look picked up toward the end of the sale i'd picked up this uh i was roaming by myself and picked up this uh it was in a plastic sleeve it was an autographed picture of a woman to george george maddox being this guy to george with some comments with love best wishes and then signed her name and then on the back there was a um, there was a male actor. I didn't recognize either one of them. There was a male actor that had signed the same thing. He had said, you know, George, best wishes, blah, 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 blah. And I looked at it, carried it around for five minutes, and eventually I just set it down. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm not going to buy anything here. So we're walking out with the kids, getting the van, and Leah's like, there was that one. I thought of you, though, when I was walking around, and I saw that somebody had, uh, there was a picture of an autographed woman and a man. I'm like, I, it's funny. I actually carried that around for five minutes. She goes, I figure you'd like that. Cause you may go back in and get it. I'm like, oh, you know, everything was half off. It was priced at 20 bucks. I'm like, whatever. So she went back in and she had found this little bitty uh, sterling silver stamp 
box. It's probably maybe two and a half inches wide by like an inch and a half uh, wide, two and a half by inch and a half. The little lid on it just had stamps on the top. So you got that in the picture for 10 bucks. So we get back out to the car. We're driving to go feed the kids or whatever. And Leah starts Googling the name of the actor. She finds the actor on the back that had signed it to George, blah, blah, blah. And she finds out that he was an old school actor in the 30s, 40s, 50s, died in 1980 from leukemia. In the picture, he's holding a lit cigarette. So, I mean, let's be honest, most everybody then died of cancer of some sort, the way they were chain smoking those non filters. So, this guy had, um, he had, uh, you know, like I said, was in the original Scarface and like record, filmed in 1934, handful of other movies and stuff. But then we flipped it over to the woman that was on there and we started, Leah started Googling around for that one while we're on the way to uh, our next estate seller or whatever. And uh, she starts Googling around this woman and every picture she comes across this woman, there's a picture, there's a picture next to her of a guy that's with her and we're like well what are they were they just like a vaudeville couple that performed together or what was the deal and we started digging into it and come to find out this woman was um was actually a guy that was a very well-known cross-dresser back in the day and performer in vaudeville and la and uh, of course he like most people of that lifestyle in that era there was, you know, uh, an arrest in some random-ass place in the country for lewd activities or something like that. But it was quite interesting to see, once you start looking at the picture a little harder, you're like, yeah, that it's obvious that's a man. But we didn't even think about it. And it, it's funny, uh, it's funny just how, like, even in 1934 or 1940, people were just like, that's just who they are. I mean, I'm sure more of society as more than not statistically, we're, we're not saying that, but there still was people that supported this person and worked with this person and, and, uh, you know, they could live their life about who they wanted to be all this to come full circle. Uh, just got to finishing like a three parter, uh, um, radio lab podcast about sexuality and they call it uh, one of them was titled gonads and it was all about male and female just that what our chemical makeup of our bodies and researchers have just found or they're just determining that there's a gene in every person's body that so we're our genetics determines whether we're male or female but it just doesn't stop there in the fact that not everybody, once you become developed as a physical male or physical female, the genes are still in your body that could develop into a person of the opposite sex physically. So if you were born a male physically, there's still a gene, there's still a genetic makeup in your body that is wanting every day, every second of every day to, to develop you into a female with female, uh, female body parts, female traits, female hormones, all that. But there's a gene in our bodies that every day keeps that opposite sex from developing. So it's not as, it was just interesting to me, uh, the way this podcast shook out about how they were just saying that this these this part of your genetics is wanting to develop every day to the opposite sex 
as much as your current sex of what your physicality is is developing and in is moving you forward as a male or female but there's a gene in our bodies that its sole purpose and job is to prevent the other sex in our bodies from developing in real time throughout our whole lives which is pretty fascinating just to think it, they still haven't figured out what the mechanism mechanism is that triggers male or female at, at this point but it was just interesting that they've narrowed it down to the fact that everybody has the genetic makeup at one point in time to be male or female uh, and we still carry that in our genetic code going through life which is pretty fascinating so all that from the first estate sale the second estate sale we went to was uh, it's a simple three-bedroom two-bath house in Hendersonville Tennessee and uh, had a lot of really cool stuff man they had some really old cool metal toys but you don't see those anymore kids don't get a chance my kids ain't even had a tetanus shot that so far in their life you know what that means they haven't been playing with any rusty metal shit that's what that means I mean I think I've had like 10 different tetanus shots in my life from different stuff that happened maybe I was just a clumsy kid playing with metal sharp stuff but found a little metal dollhouse for our daughter and um, some other rant oh wouldn't the wooden Melissa and Doug train track thing it's pretty cool but this guy was a woodworker and had a uh, a full shop out back of woodworking tools and saws and routers and all that stuff just random cuts of wood and stuff found some pretty good uh, walnut trim for our stairs for like dirt cheap like a normal piece of trim the cheapest you're gonna get is like five to seven dollars per piece that's for like generic white composite stuff at Home Depot or Lowe's and this stuff was in very good condition well taken care of sanded down finished um, trim that was walnut that had beautiful grain in it and it was like leaning up and the lady's like they didn't have a price on it I'm like how much for all this there's like 30 pieces she's like five bucks I'm like for all of it I was expecting five bucks a piece because that's what I think the value actually is she's like yeah for all of it it's dirty and I'm like all right I'll take dirty for five bucks so that was cool and then we went across town to Brentwood Tennessee where some lady had uh, these folks were had another estate sale at their house and um, just a bunch of junk. Just like a, just literally a bunch of junk nobody wants. Just imagine going through your house and I'm like, all right, man, you need to pull a hundred things out of your house that you can sell this weekend and not give a shit about. That's in essence what this sale was. Had some random furniture and stuff like that. But it was just a house. It, it was one of, like the, the second house we went to with the couple, with the dude with the workshop, you could tell it was like a home. You know, they'd live there, you know, and you know, everything. But the, the last house in Brentwood was not just stereotyping Brentwood because it's a fancy place, but it was just like no, nothing homey about it. It was just like, just a house somebody bought. Not a cool pool though. But it's weird that people will go through and they find on like eBay. And it's just like most estate sales, it's just, it's funny because it's usually just my wife and I and our kids and a bunch of old people at estate sales. We were kind of the outliers of our generation that likes to go look at old stuff. Which makes me wonder like what's the what's the timeline of antique shops? How much longer does that have? Is the clock ticking? I think it is just because it's like nobody wants old shit anymore. That's kind of my ideal that's my dream is to buy an antique store that's full of shit and then put a bar in the back of it, meanwhile not moving or taking any of the antiques out. So I figured at the rate in which they'll get broken or stolen it'll save me having to clean them all out anyway. 
Because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's really not a lot of fines. I blame that show American Pickers for making people think their shit's more valuable than it really is when it's really not. I mean, think about those guys. They go to somebody's house that has like 10 barns just filled to the brim for shit. For like 50 years, they've been filling it up. And those guys are professional pickers. And I have never seen an episode where they fill that van all the way up. Never. Ever. Only time they ever do is when they get like two big things, like a, a clown motor sign or something that that what the short guy Frank loves oil shit. It's something like that. He gets an oil can selection or something, but you never see them buy a bunch of stuff. And these people have 1,000 times more junk than any antique store has. And it, I mean, just because the antiques is cleaned up and on shelves doesn't mean people actually want it more. But, um, so that's my rant against antique stores. Uh, so after that, we went out to our friends, Nate and Jessica's. Uh, they got a new little baby, a uh, little baby boy. And uh, debating on whether we wanted to sell our house and move into their neighborhood or out toward Nashville West. We haven't really done the best of jobs of cultivating friends uh, where we live now in Lebanon. And we have like a handful of friends, but it's not like your friends you've had for like five or ten years. You know, we have like two or three folks we would consider ourselves pretty close to out our way, but I have like four different sets of friends that are on my short list of people I'd call in the middle of the night if I needed something or my kids did or my wife, you know. It's kind of hard to replace those friends. But like growing up in Arkansas in a small town, like somebody's name starts with the same letter, their last name starts with the same letter of yours and you're just friends because of that. But when you get to be older, you're like, eh. He really wasn't that cool. He was just a friend. We were just friends of convenience. And that that's cool. That makes sense. A lot of times, especially in small town. But and I've gotten older. My, I always just say that like if I needed to repopulate the world. Literally, if you ran down through my Facebook, if you needed to repopulate the world with like really cool people that could do shit, I have all those people on my Facebook. And I only have one of them. My buddy Wayne is the only one that's really... Him and my buddy Andy. The only two that are really kind of antagonistic when it comes to the politics. Left, right, whatever. And they're amusing because they're one, they're really good friends. And I know they're not just being complete douchebags when they post stuff. But it's funny because they're both kind of opposite in their mindsets. But I don't I don't think it's too bad. I don't feel bad having like maybe, you know, two to three of those friends on my Facebook. When you get into issues is when you got like 10 or 15 like on all sides going back and forth and you gotta you gotta you gotta run referee between your friends that are just shitting all over each other from something that they that they would never say to each other's faces or, or groups of people that have never met each other when you know fundamentally they're all really good people but kind of distance myself from that i think about probably 10 times in the last month i've typed out a response to somebody's dumb post or something and i just deleted it all and either unfriended them or something it's like it's like if you always go out with that friend that's always starting fights and bars and stuff, after enough times of dealing with their drama and bullshit, you're eventually going to be like, yeah, I probably don't want to hang out with them, or yeah, I probably wasn't that good of a friend with them to start with. So, But I'm my friends that live out in West Nashville. I never thought myself would be considering moving to Bellevue, but we thought about it for about two hours. Then we went and ate pizza, and come to find out we had low blood sugar because we hadn't eaten all day long. That'll change your perspective on where you want to live. So... I mean, we still might, but who knows? We're not in any rush. I've, this is the first time in my life I've ever actually been up on real estate. I've always kicked myself for not buying real estate earlier in Nashville, and it's kind of where we're at right now. Is when we bought our house, it's like almost doubled in value. It's like going to the casino with $1,000, and it, it's now you have $2,500, and you're just like, uh, it's about time to leave. 
Anybody else ready to leave? Go get something to eat? And that's kind of where I'm at with our house and where we're at with the equity in it. I guess it's fine and secure. Um, I'm gonna have to go back to the dirt road in Arkansas mindset about any day that the market's gonna slow or stop or whatever, but they just announced they're building like 5,000 more houses out my way. But I mean, it's not like those houses and mine will be the same potential customer, who knows. But went out and checked out Nashville West, saw a couple really nice houses out there. Oh, he just said we wanted to be around the water or something, but who the hell knows. Yeah, that was yesterday, or that was uh, Saturday. Then Sunday, we got up, went out to the lake, did like a two-mile walk around the Couchful Lake area, and the kids played at the playground, which is such a weird dynamic. Like, it's, it's, like, a, um, it's like a networking meeting with people that you have no expectations of ever talking to again when you are at the playground with your kid. Because everybody wants to like helicopter enough around their kid where they don't jump off the top level of the jungle gym and bust their face open. But, but that requires you to be close enough around other parents or baby's mama or baby daddies, whatever they are. And I have to interact with them, which is weird. Cause it's like even with like your kid's school, I don't want to have to be forced to be friends with people because our kids go to school together. And I definitely don't want to have to make small talk with people around the jungle gym at a state park on a Sunday because our kids are around each other. I mean, there's time of being nice, but I'm not gonna like, act like we're gonna start having play dates or something. Uh, so we did that yesterday. That was a good time. Got up today, it was good. Was flipping through the news this morning. They're talking about the fires out in California which is funny to me. The fires aren't funny, they're devastating, they suck. But what they said about the fires was funny to me. They're like, the fires have covered as much real estate as the state of Rhode Island. Which is funny that they would use that. Because our whole lives we've been getting told how small Rhode Island is. How small it is, it's the smallest state. This is Rhode Island, it's gotta be the smallest. Rhode Island's so small on a map, they can't even write the name Rhode Island on the state of Rhode Island. And it's always gotta have that little line out beside of it that just says RH or Rhode Island. RH is the best they can get on the state. So that just was amusing to me that they use the state of Rhode Island, which coincidentally is 1,200 square miles, a little over, and the city of Nashville is 525 square miles. So roughly twice the size of Nashville is what got burnt for the most part. So. Yeah, I think twice the size of the city of Nashville would have had more sticking power than the state of Rhode Island or LA, something like that. Three times the size of LA, that would have made more sense. So, well, that's all I got. It's a beautiful Monday, turkey week. We're going to be heading up to Indiana this weekend. Should be fun. We'll see how that goes. So, hope everybody has a good turkey week. That's all I got. Another episode of Windshield Time. Windshield Time! It's been a minute. We had kid number three, little baby Arlo. I haven't been had a chance to, uh, took a couple weeks off for that. I guess we're going on about a month since our last episode of us pulling into the hospital. I'm sure everybody's finally starting to feel the fall temperatures 
I'm just trying to run down every single list of things that every morning DJ I listen to in the mornings is mentioning right now. Something about baseball season or something. I got nothing. I was sitting here uh, thinking about, like, in Nashville, we have the Christian radio station that has two dial numbers that are, like, five numbers apart from each other. So when you hear one of them and the awful music, you skip to the next one, which is the exact same station. And I wonder if they did that just so, like, ah, you sure you don't want to listen to this? Are you sure? 100% sure you don't want to listen to the garbage you were listening to before. It would just be annoying if all the big radio stations did that too. You had to like scan three or four times. But I may just be the old guy that's just scanning radio stations. I don't have like, I have one preset. It's the uh, WMOT uh, Roots Radio in Murfreesboro. Cause that's, it's like that W, if you ever listen to it or that WWOZ out of, uh, out of New Orleans. They're the only two stations I've ever listened to. Like, regardless of what day or time you turn them on, you can um, you can hear. There's going to be great music. You probably won't, like, know ever. I mean, rarely will you ever know who some of them are. They don't have the occasional John Mayer or uh, Dave Matthews rotation like most, air quotes, independent radio stations do. But they always just have a bunch of random shit that, you know, you're, you're going to enjoy one way or the other. But, yeah. So, yeah, that's what we got going on rolling into Nashville right now interesting time to be rolling into Nashville it always is but you were um, there's a town right past us on uh, on interstate and it's the next train stop down from us also called Watertown and uh, there's a building for sale downtown Watertown where you can just like buy a part there's like retail on the front and then uh, it's a mullet building it's retail on the front and uh, you can live in the back of it. It's like 1,700 square feet right off the train stop we were looking at this morning. And uh, it just occurred to me, it's like you can buy into like the downtown area and everything, but it's just going to be like you and eight other people and some random stray dogs. Like most towns that are growing in around Nashville these days, like half the people there are like new people like us that move in. They just want to have cool shit. And the other half are people that are just like, no, we don't want it to change. Well, what about better restaurants? Yes, we would love to have better restaurants, but we don't want more people. But they can never understand the dynamic of what it takes to have more people and sustain uh, better restaurants for the most part. Yeah. Uh, don't know what else really have to talk about today. Uh, other than that, kids growing well. The youngest one is healthy. He's doing well. Baby Arlo, he's, he's growing been weird though because our two older kids the older daughter that's almost four and our son's almost two the two older one you would think the daughter would be the most doting and and caring one of all of them not that she doesn't care but it's like the two-year-old now is the one that just wants to hug and kiss and be all over his little brother which i'm sure that's going to change whenever his brother throws the first baseball at his face you know that's the way it usually goes that's all I can think about is just like how much thing the, the few things that I do own, how valuable are they? Are they that one of these two little shits is probably going to end up breaking inadvertently, or something you just cherish and prize that you know prize possession that you just cherish you've saved for years of the few things I do have and that's uh, just there. I I know that because my mom only has one of her high school annuals 
from 1974 from the Ozark Hillbillies. And um, my mom actually didn't graduate. She went and got her GED. But I, I, I very vividly remember my older sister that's four years older than me taking a purple marker and going through the whole annual and either drawing glasses, boobs, or dicks on almost every person in there with a purple marker. She probably did not. She did today, but I remember she did it. And that's the only thing. That's the only that, that that's the only thing my mom has of her high school remembrance, other than a bunch of shitheads she went to school with, was this annual from 1974. That's now what 44 years old. That has her has nothing but purple highlighter glasses, boobs, and dicks drawn all over everybody in the whole annual from her child, which probably doesn't even remember when she did it. She probably did it like 25, 30 years ago, but that's what kids do. I remember listening to an interview with Sturgill Simpson, and he was talking about he bought property that had some caves on it with Indian drawings, and that's all. He just had this feeling of dread of how he could just keep his two sons away from going and just you know, defacing them or drawing dicks on them or whatever because kids just don't have a overall depth. That's probably that's probably why we don't really find any more drawings of of like older shit is because there's been just kids or teenagers that are just they just don't even think about it, you know, just go and just do dumb shit because you can't because you always want to do it differently than the person before you. For the most part, I remember we were um laying asphalt one time in this driveway and this about five driveways down from us this souped up Chevy Nova pulled out with loud ass pipes and just like peeled out all the way down the street and went down into the street and spun a donut real quick and came hauling ass back up the street and my grandpa's like god goddamn teenagers just running everything and then the guy just pulled up next to us and he was about 55 years old driving it it's either that or just somebody wishing they were a teenager. Pretty good for the most part. But I guess that's about all I got. A little bit more windshield time today. To try to count how many people are always texting on their phones. Or just, you can always tell. Like at night you give somebody, it's either you got a 50-50 of whether they're drunk or whether they're on their phone. But in the mornings it's... It's always somebody on their phone with some bullshit ping-ponging between the yellow and the white line looking at something. I just want to know what, what exactly it is that they're looking at. Well, that lady's being careful. Both hands on the steering wheel. But, yeah. Finally starting to be fall season. It's starting to get a little bit cooler, finally. Which is good for most people. Unless you and your wife own a bar that all the, uh, all the, all the space where people drink and eat is outdoors. That's, that's usually not the best when it's getting cooler but it's a weird thing like we want to put a fire pit out at the bar but it's a weird thing of you, it's like how many idiots do you know do you just got a plan for people falling into a fire it just makes you wonder like what other things in life are you concerned about just every day of just fucking stupid people falling into a fire that had to have been like back in the day that's why how that had to be like in the in the how people that's how they weeded out all the dumb people. Like, way back. I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of years ago. It had to be like the dumb people. They just got everybody liquored up or on some mushrooms or peyote or something. And got around like a big-ass fire in the village or whatever. 
and they're just like, you know, when somebody just fall in the fire, they just look at each other like, Meh. well, good news is, probably didn't want to go hunting with that guy if he can't keep his shit together and not fall into a fire, but here we are a few thousand years later, you know, we gotta, we gotta nerf everything so somebody doesn't fall face first into a fire, which in reality, you can get out pretty quick. It's not like a house fire, you're kind of trapped in there. I mean, I've never personally fell in a fire, but I, I imagine you can get burned really quick, but just my two cents. But, well, rolling on into Nashville. 15 years of Yazoo party this weekend. And our buddy Adam Jones is playing uh, with his Tom Petty tribute, which I just read yesterday that Tom Petty, the, the his partner and the leader of the Heartbreakers, is now the newest member of Fleetwood Mac, which has got to be a pretty sweet gig, for especially if you're like Fleetwood Mac. It's like, you just can't... To be able to call somebody that's already been playing to stadiums and shit like that, it's like, how many people as Fleetwood Mac can you call to step in at Lindsey Buckingham's position, his role as a guitarist that, that just wouldn't shit their pants? One, of being on stage with Fleetwood Mac, but two, playing to audiences that pay, what, an average of $1,000 a ticket to come see them? I mean... Lindsey Buckingham is suing Fleetwood Mac for his share of this upcoming tour that would be $12 million. Like, holy shit. His cut would be $12 million? So let's just take into consideration the other five members of the band at $12 million apiece. So each are going to net $12 million. That's $72 million. So this guy's being a member of the band. You hop in to a band, to a gig, that you're gonna be on tour for a year, and they're like, yeah, you're gonna, you'll probably net about 12 million out of it. Play, playing, you know, just say he's gonna do, you know, shit, what are we doing, five gigs, one or two a week, because they're old. They're not gonna be, they're not gonna be burning up the road. They're not playing 300 dates. They're probably paying like 65, 70. Somebody had to put off like hip surgery, because apparently that's what Tom Petty's deal was. His hip was hurting him real bad, but he kept pushing on. And they're like, well, why didn't somebody step in and, you know, make him take a relief and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, pushing his 70s. You ever tried to tell a 70-year-old man what he should or shouldn't be doing? Prime example, the president. It's not that he's, yes, he is a weird asshole, but he's a 70-year-old man. There's not a lot of 70-year-old men that, that you'll ever talk to that'll look you in the eye and go like, you know what I learned today? I mean, the only time they'll ever say that if it's like their their usual Fox News or what Rush Limbaugh told them. But you never like walk. You never run into like a seventy year old man that's just like you know, man. I I was reading. I was listening to the Neil deGrasse Tyson Star Talk podcast, and it just blew my mind what I found out about the universe. I just wonder what that. What is that age when when people just stop giving a shit about learning? I mean, I guess Stephen Hawking. There's rare exceptions, but. Maybe I'm stereotyping that most people, when they get to a certain age, they just don't give a shit. I mean, because, like, my mom used to be like... I remember growing up, man, we had Time Magazine, Rolling Stone, Newsweek. I mean, everything you could think of, we had... I mean, we had five or six different magazine subscriptions coming to our house. Plus, my mom always had a book. I mean, just burning through books. And then just one day, I, I noticed that she really just doesn't read that much anymore. And then it just... Uh, it just, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I, and it's not just her. It's a lot of people. 
when is the point when you just become disenfranchised with new information you're like I figured it all out I got all this shit figured out I don't know I hope I, hope I never get to that point I wonder if I can what, what fail safes can you remind yourself you just get like a hand tattoo of keep learning new shit but that really doesn't play out because then you get old and you can't really read your tattoo and then you need glasses and then you're you're then you're just the guy that's just holding the tattoo away from his face like people that can't see well do with books and shit and then that would just be weird and then it gets all mushed together yeah i don't i guess you could just be like memento the movie memento where he just tattoos shit around himself just a encouraging things but that's not that good of an idea because I got tattoos I've kind of outgrown and uh, now I'm just a I'm just a uh, I'm just a 40 year old man that's got a tattoo of a sacred heart even though he's not religious at all or a guy that's got tattoos of hops and grapes on his arms even though he doesn't drink anymore I guess that'd be a funny joke for my kids I guess I guess that's what I can start doing is getting tattoos that will make my kids laugh and for us for them to like shit talk me to my face so it'll always be a conversation starter so like if we have a tough conversation i can just have a dumbass tattoo on my chest and we can we can a tough conversation we can just have this conversation without my shirt off so the kid just can't take me serious i don't know what would that be would it be like what would it be would it be like ronald mcdonald on like one one breast on my chest and like like yeah like the Burger King mascot on the other one. I mean, what would it be that like 10, 15 years down the road, my kids would just be like, that's the dumbest shit. That's the dumbest tattoo. At least I could go into it with eyes wide open that, that I that I knew it was a dumbass tattoo. Like I went to high school. When I was in high school, I knew a dude that, uh, that got the... the Back in the day, for everybody, well, anybody probably even list this remembers, but 7-Up had a series of commercials where they had a mascot that was the spot. It was just a red spot off of 7-Up, and he wore glasses, and he was just a cool guy. I knew a dude that had, I knew a dude that, had that tattooed on his leg. It was a fucking 7-Up spot tattooed on his leg. And I would love to know if this dude has ever got it covered up because I would give, like, mad props if he never got it covered up. I guess it's, there's somebody that's got to have like the, the Domino's Pizza Noid tattooed to their leg or Marvin Martian. That That's good. I've seen a Marvin Martian before. I thought about getting Mickey Mouse's head tattooed on me and that was when I was like 18 years old I thought about that. That was stupid. I'd never even been to Disney at that point. What was the point? I just thought Mickey Mouse was cool because I got like a tux and a cummerbund and a vest or some shit one time. It was Mickey Mouse print all over it, which is just funny to me now. I think about it. I'm not anti-Mickey. I'm a fan of Mickey, but not enough to get a tattoo. Maybe, maybe the Mickey Mouse, it would, it's just a timeless classic piece of art. You could keep that, but I just wonder what tattoos would you get to where your, your kids would, you get, you know, going in that it's just like, like stupid. You know, and people get them these days of just not thinking about it. But for me, it would just be an open-ended joke that would just need 10, you know, 10, 15 years to pay off that it would just be amusing to me, you know. I would hope, I mean, I wonder if there's anybody that has like the Papa John's logo that has the dude, the the, uh, the founder Papa John on it, that logo. 
Because there's got to be, a, I bet you I could Google it now and find a Colonel Sanders tattoo. I'm not sure. I I could see Colonel Sanders because we are actually going to name our kid Harlan if he was born on Colonel Sanders' birthday just so we could get that scholarship money KFC was offering up. Offering up. But there's got to, yeah, somebody's definitely got the KFC logo. The old school one, not the new. That Somebody has the Kentucky Fried Chicken logo. I doubt anybody has the KFC logo because that's just silly. But I imagine the, the Kentucky Fried Chicken. I had this thing about, uh, like, I noticed the other day that Taco Bell is, is uh, rebranding some of their restaurants to an even more updated, to make it look like Chipotle, which is funny because last I heard, Chipotle was giving people the shits or food poisoning every six weeks. But apparently everybody wants to be like them. Chipotle is like that, like that, uh, that friend of yours. Every time you go out to a bar and you first meet him, like the first three times you go out to, about every third to fifth time they get in a fight or just throw up on themselves. But you're like, ah, we'll give it another shot. That's Chipotle in the food world. So apparently Taco Bell wants to be like them uh, with their decor. But I had this weird thing for years that the places that didn't update their Taco Bell sign and had the OG original Taco Bell sign were more likely to get me to pull into them. But it was a weird thing because I only, I would never order anything like a gordita or chalupa. I would only order shit that was on the menu when I first was going to Taco Bell as a teenager. We didn't have a Taco Bell within 60 miles of where I grew up till I was like a junior in high school. My buddy Nate worked there. I worked across the street at a generic place called The Junction because it was a junction of two roads, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would only be able to get, like with the old original Taco Bell sign, I would only be able to order exactly what was on it. Like, and when did they do away with a cinnamon twist? Which, in essence, just pork rinds, I think. Just pork rinds, unflavored pork rinds with cinnamon and shit on sugar on them. And Choco Tacos. I never knew anybody ever ordered a Choco Taco, but they always had Choco Tacos behind the counter at Taco Bell in that little cooler. I don't think I've ever eaten a Choco Taco because I like tacos and I like chocolate, but I never thought that I needed to mix chocolate in a taco. Because I have a hard enough time keeping a crunchy taco without turning into a disaster. Crunchy tacos, when you start eating them, is in essence, is like someone put a firecracker in the other end of it by the time you get there. When I used to uh, get Taco Bell and was hammered on my way home, they used to live on the other side over by Vanderbilt in Nashville. And coming from downtown, there was a Taco Bell I'd pay the cab driver 20 extra bucks to take me through the drive-thru at Taco Bell because at like 3 a.m. there was a line was around the block and you know you gotta pay them for their time. I get like $30 worth of Taco Bell man and I'd eat about half of it before I passed out. But you wake up the next day if you got soft tacos man it looked like somebody broke into your house and thought you had all your money and valuables stashed inside tacos. That shit was everywhere. You find shredded lettuce and pieces of tomato all over the place. And the weird part about the tomato, you find it like three weeks later and it still looked just like it did the night before. So I don't think they were real tomatoes, but they were just a disaster. But Taco Bell is the only restaurant you ever can go to that for some odd reason, they figured out how to make, they figured out how to make food that has to be consumed within 30 minutes of them making it. It's the only food I've ever seen that, like, after 30 minutes, it's garbage. Argument could be made as garbage to start with, but it's garbage after 30 minutes, and you can't heat Taco Bell up for shit. I'm a cold pizza guy because I can never get pizza heated back up properly, and I'm fine with it cold, 
honestly think fried chicken, most fried chicken and pizza is actually better cold. But Taco Bell, you wake up the next day with forty dollars worth of Taco Bell. You ain't heating shit up. The tortillas are already a disastrous, soggy mess. Your, your soft taco or your hard shell tacos are all soft. And what? What? Well, how is that? How's that work? So the things that are supposed to stay soft, like soft, get hard when they get stale, and the things that are hard are supposed to get soft. How, what? What's going on here? Like your 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 you know your things that like your your taco shells you know they get a little bit more stale or like the the tortillas get hard it's the weirdest thing man it's science i imagine but it's just that weird conundrum any hoozle rolling into my first meeting of the day i hope everybody has a great thirsty thursday because i'm sure there's a classic rock station that's giving away some wings and pictures of beer right now oh shit what is that i just oh no I just, you ever have those smells that remind you of like your youth? I just drove by some place that smelled like mothballs. Smell like your old relative's house that you hope to goodness they don't leave you anything out of because then you're gonna have to smell that while cleaning it out. And we're, are moths still that big of a deal? I've never had a problem with moths getting into my shit. Now mosquitoes, why don't we have mosquito balls? Just throwing that out there. I'd buy mosquito balls all day long. Forget your mothballs. I bought those once. I still haven't opened them because they smell like old people. Has nobody figured out a way to make mothballs not smell like mothballs? Anyway, that's all I got. This is Neil from Windshield Time. The only show recorded behind the windshield on the way on my commute back and forth to and fro Nashville. Hope everybody has a good Thursday. That's all I got. Let's see. There we go.